Hello and welcome to another episode of What High School Did You Go To? I'm Gabe DeVerge. And I'm Chris Atfield. As a joke, I thought we could just start this episode talking about if Aiden Gahan should be red-shirted. <laughs> because that is a uh, that's a new thing that's on Twitter that I saw just a few people. I think people are just looking for something to be mad about. So I saw three people bring that up immediately after the game. What a weird thing. I, it's almost like... Uh, not to, I mean, we are recording this just after Louisville's oh, defeated we're gonna uh, talk about the game, yes. and we're going to talk about that game. But I do want to say, I feel like Louisville fans are taking like it's taking some time getting used to having like a a, a top ten level team like consistently. It's normal shit, and, and yeah, it's 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 a little frightening, right? <laughs> it's like what the fuck's going to happen? Something's going to go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, alas, Chris. Uh, Let's. I got. I, I feel like we should I play the intro. I just completely, completely threw you off. I thought about we, that like the thirty <laughs> seconds before we started. So it's eleven twenty-one. Uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and say we're gonna play the intro right now. <laughs> Coming to you from inside the Waterson Expressway. Greatness started in Louisville, Kentucky. It's the only podcast that misses cahoots. This is what high school did you go to? With your hosts, Chris Hatfield. And Gabe Diverge. And we're back, Chris. As we mentioned, we are recording this right after Louisville has defeated the Boston College Eagles 86 to 69. Very nice win for Louisville. Um, Jordan War is the story, is is absolutely everything about it. Uh, 37 points on only 20 shots. Seven of fourteen from three, uh, breaking his both his career high in points and career high in threes made. And uh, previous high was six. Uh, Louisville, you know, I think played pretty well. Chris, uh, at, at times they were sloppy. They turned the ball over thirteen times the entire game. Ten of those were in the first half, first so that was really weird. Mm-hmm. Um, Out rebounded Boston College at some points. His game was close, but yeah. like. It didn't feel close. I don't know. Like yeah, looking at that never, now, I'm kind of shocked that this game was close. It never felt like Louisville. It felt like Louisville had complete control um, throughout. The, the the annoying thing, the continual annoying thing, is the rebounding um, with this team. It just it's an annoyance. It seems like it's for wildly reason, inconsistent. Like yeah, it's it's wildly inconsistent because I don't think they're a bad rebounding team per se. Um, but right. it's like the energy just. <laughs> goes up and down with this team. And I think that's honestly something that at this point, you just kind of have to accept for what it is, what it is. And, you know, they, they, you got to hope in the big games that, that that energy level will be, you know, pretty consistent. Um, but, you know, <laughs> top of the ACC, self-possession of the ACC, longest winning streak in the ACC at this point. Um, any other time, any other year, I know exactly what we'd be saying about a team in that position at the end of January. Uh, you'd be calling them, you know, Final Four favorites, title right. favorites. Um, so it's it's hard not to feel good about this. I just – it really stood out to me tonight, man. This – this it, it continues to stand out to me, really. But tonight in particular, this team just has so many ways to win, dude. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's something you know, the, the, the trusty commentators of the ACC network uh, had to say Louisville can beat you a lot of different ways. Um, they had won the past three games without Jordan War for the most part. And uh, Jordan War showed up again and uh, to in front of Danny Ainge and Damian Lee. Good for him. Um, Danny Ainge needs to stay the fuck away from Jordan War. Let me say that real quick. Let me, let me also say that Damian Lee getting like 
the the Jack Nicholson seats at Boston That's College hilarious. is just like they were just like, yeah, sure, man. Like, yeah, we know you're here for Louisville, but come on down. Did someone not vet that? Was that so like- we can agree that that Boston College is the worst job in the ACC, right? Worst, yeah, worst, I, yeah, I actually had realized that I forgot who their coach was. I think his name was Jim Christian, I think. Yeah, they. Uh, I'm pretty sure they ex- – I don't know if they extended him, but him and Danny Manning have always been like the guys of the last two years that are perpetually going to be fired and then they don't get fired. I think um, I think our guy Real Trill Bill was the one who said it, that uh, that their coach – yeah, he said it. The, the BC coach looks like he would be the bad guy in a Brooklyn Nine-Nine episode, <laughs> which I, I don't watch a lot of Brooklyn Nine-Nine episodes, but I know enough to know he's – absolutely right he's got like that sort of that yeah. sort of almost like greasy bigger like uh kind perfect. of petty crime like yeah type I, look. I was i was gonna say like law and order maybe he just seems like a guy that would commit a crime on law and order uh um, <laughs> maybe maybe that's just because maybe I not be the mastermind like yeah, he's not exactly. the mastermind but he's like the medium level guy right like, i swear i don't know i did something <laughs> but i don't know yeah um, so we definitely understand that jim christian looks like a guy from you know a crime show so that's great um <laughs> but louisville basketball I, I thought tonight that that david johnson maybe maybe shot a little bit too much maybe pressed a little bit too much maybe just dribbled a little Let's, bit too much what do you think about that i think both guards did way too much yeah uh, fresh kimball was at Awful. times <laughs> really really bad probably the worst game he's played at least this year uh but he only had Two turnovers. Uh, David Johnson had four turnovers. Um, David Johnson only had you know six points. Was two of nine from scoring. It was a, he, a little bit of a rough night. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I think both of them kind of uh, in, in attempts to do things, you know, to do things big or, or better. Um, they press. They dribble too much. Weird. I'm just not um, sure that that. David's one of those guys on this team that I want to keep shooting to get out of a slump. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think you could say that for Jordan, you know, Enoch, and, and maybe Sutton, that those are guys that can continue shooting and, and hope they break out by the middle of the game. Yeah. But I think David Johnson's just so good that he doesn't have to score to even be the best player on the court at times. His passing is incredible. He had five or six offensive rebounds tonight. I'm not sure what he had in total. Um, but he, he did a lot to affect the game in spite yeah. of just, just having a bad shooting night. Yeah, David Johnson had six assists to those four turnovers. Still a, a pretty, you know, a pretty tremendous night for him. And there were a few shots I, I went back and like watched to see if they would get scored as assists that didn't. Like there was a Ryan McMahon play that I think Ryan took like three steps and then shot it wasn't scored as an assist. And I think there was another, if I recall correctly. Yeah. So uh, that doesn't even necessarily kind of show what he did. And then he also had three steals. Um, I really liked that wrinkle that Max started putting in with the, you know, w- putting the zone. And I noticed kind of an immediately that second time they did it, that Mac was only doing it when David was on the court, just because he can have those long arms there. And I think that second time around Boston kind of, realized it yeah okay yeah we can't like we we can enter via the ryan mcmahon side of of the zone not via the david johnson side and was having a little bit more success and that kind of like like circles back to to one thing about what max done with this team i like to just brag on him a little bit honestly is like we talked 
or I think I brought it up a few podcasts ago about how like so often college coaches get really stuck in their way and, and they won't change like a system mid through the season. Cause they're going right. to play their system. They're going to do it their way. Um, and he's done that a few times this season. And like I checked on synergy, um, this number could be a little bit off because it's just, you know, chart it plays, but I checked on synergy, like when they were doing a lot of zone, they pretty much played it damn near the entire second half. Um, and it was like six or seven plays they played in total of zone all season before tonight. So wow. to just kind of throw that out there um, in the middle of a, you know, January conference game where they barely even played it because you know it's going to work was nice to see. And I like that that Chris Mack is willing to do that, not stubborn enough um, to do that to, to if you know it's effective. Um, that's cool. I like that. No, absolutely. And, and, and it goes back to another thing that I think we I, – I, I think kind of everyone feels and I don't know, maybe this should have been the top of the show, but it just feels like this is a really good basketball team. And the most exciting part of that is there's still opportunity for growth. Like, what do you like think you the said, most growth, growth is opportunity wise? Cause I heard people talking about that. I heard the commentators talk about just that. Cleanliness. I, 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 I think it's you, just but. cleanliness. I mean, have we had a night, have we had a night where like, for example, both uh, Enoch played all right. Yeah. Malik Williams didn't play well. Have we, have we had a night where we had guards forwards and the five spot play, like all contribute at the same time. Like it just hasn't I, I really happened. I don't even think we've, we've had a night where all, where one position group was just playing well, where, exactly. where all the guards are playing well, or all the bigs are playing well, or even exactly. Williamson at Sutton and, and Wara were all playing well. And that's the thing about tonight is really the guards didn't play very well. I mean, Stephen Enoch, I don't know what his numbers were, had a very ho-hum-ish game, um, made some offensive plays and, and I've stretches. Got the Enoch. And, yeah. Enoch actually was three of three. Uh, I think he, I think he kind of was a was the subject of a lot of issues with turnovers. I think he played a lot with Fresh. It seemed and, like they doubled um, him a lot too. They they did double him pretty much the entire time he was there. And and Malik, I just couldn't get it going. Um, he was zero for one. But I, man, that's, that's, I feel like it was more than that. But anyway, he looked. He was not moving right to me tonight. Uh, there's a few a few times where he just I don't know. Malik and, had 13 and, rebounds though. <laughs> <laughs> like that's kind of wild. Widest thirteen rebounds ever <laughs> in the history. I thought. Oh, I thought yeah, I'm, honestly, I'm between like floored by that, I'm floored by that. I'm really like legitimately wondering if that's a misprint. But if, if that's what it's how says, many rebounds? I want to know. I, I don't. We don't have the. We don't have the stats broadcast. I would love to see how many rebounds were in the second half because I feel like. It was it was close rebound because I was following the game cast and it was a pretty close rebounding battle until maybe the last five minutes when Boston College just like gave up and just started chucking it. And Jordan was absolutely hunting for points oh in the last two gosh, minutes. He was. he was really my trying to get that 40. 40. What did he finish with? 36? He finished with 37 and his 37. Uh, and Jody Demling's got the stat that's the most at Louisville since Ruth Smith scored 42 in 2014. It's the most by a player in an ACC game this season. There was a play. Um, it's Boston College, but it was great to see him. You know, there was go a play it. in the last like two minutes where um, he got the ball, he shot it in the corner for three. Um, and you know, like it was a full shot clock, and Louisville was obviously about 13, 14, 15 points, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And I, I literally had like a complete Russ Smith flashback, and I was like, "Holy fucking shit, that is an absolute Russ Smith play!" <laughs> but like, here's like here's like one of the things we're talking about, where like Louisville messes up, like Wara hits. 
21 points with six minutes left in, in in the first half and then immediately turns the ball over on three straight possessions, none of them involving Joran War. Yeah. It's like, what do you – wait, okay, just because you went to a timeout, you've got to go away from him. No, you shoot, you, you let him shoot until he starts missing some. Or if he's even, unconscious, you know? There was the stretch where they missed um, – I think it was two threes on the same possession and David Johnson seemingly, I think he got every offensive rebound and they finally got a put back. Yeah. Um, and, and they got off that possession. It goes mm-hmm. to a timeout and I literally tweet it, you know, if they play with that energy on the glass all the time, then that consistency thing kind of yeah. goes away. I Very want, yeah. next play down the floor. BC gets a tip in off an offensive rebound. So it's just like, it's, it's little stuff about that. Just, just completely putting that energy and that consistency together at the, the, the end at the, at the backboard. Um, that's, that's a big, big thing for me. No question. Another game where, you know, the Louisville comes in and the team, you know, the team they're facing kind of shoots better than they did. Um, BC was kind of like unstoppable from three from the beginning. It really felt like they ended up finishing on the night uh, shooting 31.8% from three. That's a little bit higher than their average. I think their average is like 27. I don't have it right in front of me. Um, uh, I didn't think the defense was particularly bad. They shoot 29.9. Yeah, they were, well, they were hitting uh, a lot first of First half, I think. First half. No, no. Well, that's why I'm sorry. There was I made a tweet where I was and a friend made fun of me because I I was trying to say that it didn't feel like any of the shots BC were taking were uncontested. Yeah, they were just kind of just draining stuff. And there was a few of those plays that we've seen. I feel like a hundred times this year where when the clock is the shot clock is about to expire and someone chucks up a three and makes it I feel like that's happened like 70 times a little this season people are just <laughs> all of my mentions with with sam williams and nickname recommendations what can are your, we just what are can your, we just not do this what are your sam williams and nickname recommendation finalists <laughs> um i think big sam is definitely in the running which is from you um let the me thing, see what it, the I, thing about big sam is like i i said big sam at Louisville Live when I saw him walk in with a cowboy hat. Cause like, it's just, it was like a very, that like Big Sam is a very Texas name, I feel like. And <laughs> so I just need, I just need a much better picture of Sam at Louisville Live with his cowboy hat on. If you have that picture, please give it to me. And then I, I'll just, I'll make that the Big Sam. Whenever he does something, Big Sam, tweet out that picture. Slam um, is a pretty good one, but he's too smooth for that. He, he's not really a smooth, dunker. I, I, I like Sammy Smooth was one I was thinking I, of. I'm not a huge fan of two-word nicknames. Though. Okay. Okay. Um, so but Big Sam's kind of quick, though. Big, like he, big Sam, Big Sam's kind of different because – He's also, like, not very big, which, like, I like it when someone's big but not that big. But he <laughs> – He's big enough, but not big. Because if it's he's too big, you got to call him like Smalls or Tiny. Yeah, because it's funny. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a big joke. Um, man. This is 11.30 podcasting for you guys. We normally podcast like 10, so it's not even that it's not, it's not a huge difference. There's there's like my next door neighbor um, is apparently auditioning for a band or some shit right now. So I don't know if you're hearing like drums in the background. I can hear it. I can hear it, but that's but hilarious. But I can definitely hear that. Um I love Sam Williamson so much, and I love watching Sam Williamson play basketball so much. I, for the life of me, just want the kid to be more aggressive. I know. And he, he was, you know, even looking at his stats tonight, I mean, he was he was two for four, one for two from three. But you're right. At the beginning, you, you tweeted, and at the beginning, at some point in the first half, he came in, and he definitely was hesitant. 
and you could see it. And I, you just want him to kind of, once he gets loose and comfortable, it he's, Man, the sky's the limit, man. I, the fact that both he and Johnson are, are kind of blooming at the same time literally just gives me chills because it, it, it's so much fun to watch. Yeah, because, I mean, nothing he does on the court looks forced. Yes. Like, everything looks completely under control. Nothing gets sped up for him. And it's he's he, remind, <laughs> he reminds me a lot of, like... Richard Jefferson, he's not not like I haven't I seen that. I haven't seen that saying. type of like athleticism from him or being that, but it's just like that he's, craftiness. That he's gonna get to like the spot on the floor he wants yeah. to get to. Yeah, he might not make the shot. He he may not have that type of assertiveness yet, but he's gonna get to where he wants to get. Um. So yeah, that's that's really exciting. I don't. <laughs> We haven't said on this podcast, but it is it is tough for me to see a scenario where this team loses before Florida State. I'm just going to come out and say it. I've been feeling it. Everyone's been thinking it. I think the narrative for this team and, and them getting a one seed and them winning the ACC is truly going to ratchet up after NC State going yeah. in there Saturday and winning that game. We're going to be really talking about this team getting a one seed, um, winning the ACC, winning the ACC tournament. The conversation, I think, is going to flip very quickly Um, because NC State, honestly, is one of the bigger tests remaining on the schedule. I don't know how much you've seen of them. I've seen them. I've seen a lot of NC State, oddly enough, this year. I think I've seen them six or seven times. And nothing to me about them is impressive. Yeah, they have been very, very neutral. I watched some of that North Carolina game and – it's it's funny because I feel like the NC State North Carolina dynamic is so interesting because it's almost like I feel like NC State North Carolina is what Kentucky fans think Louisville Kentucky is. We're just like oh, goodness, I, I know, right? Because because NC State just feels so helpless at times against yeah. North Carolina. Um, so it, it, I don't know. I mean, I, I think NC State is, has definitely been better than North Carolina has been. Um, but yeah, they've they've lost some games that you're just like. Why, like, why are you losing to you know, you know, Clemson before they really started getting hot? Well, why are you need um, a half court shot to be UNC Asheville? I think it was UNC Asheville. It might have been Greensboro. Uh, Greensboro. Um, it was Greensboro. Greensboro. And which solid team? You know, maybe a bubble team, I'm, but they should not need that at home. I'm concerned about at Georgia Tech. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's that. that's the one. And then listen, man. Virginia is amassing. They're amassing power. We are there. They're, I'm glad you brought that up. We are they're doing amassing this, power. We are doing the same thing with Virginia that the fan base does with Kentucky. And it yeah. is going to drive yeah. me insane. Yeah, we, are. we absolutely are. It's absolutely I, I, happening it's, it's, before it's a, our eyes. It's a boogeyman that we've got to get off. And, and, um, and I, I, I they uh, looking at their schedule right now. I mean, they don't, they play home against Clemson and then they have like, and they really don't. They really don't have that much. There's not that much time in between. So Louisville has two more games before Virginia, and Virginia only has one more game. Um, they kind of got a little break here. It's kind of weird. But anyway, so I, I, they're not going to really be tested again until Louisville and playing at Louisville. I think the fans will get up for that. That's kind of my my kind of back pocket ace. Is that if that was if that was at Virginia, I'd feel way worse about it. Yeah, um, I, I already have people like uh, talking to me about wanting to go to that game, and I'm like, you know, you know, no. Virginia's not that great this year, but I think people are just so pissed off and amped up about people that game. Are so amped up to whoop Virginia. 
that's that's <laughs> definitely and I, what hey that might extend to the team so that's how i feel um i'm i'm hesitant about this nc state team i, I don't know Something to me it feels, feels like weird. Louisville could play exactly like they played tonight and win by double digits. that's how it feels to me and I don't think Louisville played great tonight. I'm also not going to bank on Jordan. I just Morgan, don't. I never points. love going into playing a team that's that's been really beat up and just needs to pick me up. And here comes the ranked team at home. That mm-hmm. just that smells bad to me. That's you know, there's like a little stink to that. Uh, also, I don't. I don't even. I don't remember the last time I I went to a away basketball game in Louisville one. So. I mean, it's it's a which I haven't been to many. I will say I haven't been to many. My my brain's a little foggy at this point, but it feels like it's a similar narrative that Louisville had going into Notre Dame when they lost in five overtimes of that championship team. Because I know that team was kind of already hitting their stride. They had won like four or five straight, and I know Notre Dame wasn't ranked, and they were a a borderline tournament team. Um, So yeah, I mean, you can maybe sell me on that. I just I don't know. Maybe it's because I've just seen so much of NC State. Sometimes when you get closer to a team you see a lot more of their awards and you don't realize you know that they do some pretty good things um for whatever they reason i've seen a lot of them doesn't nc state sort of meet the the usage issues that we've talked about louisville kind of struggles against teams that have a, a player yeah. that so i mean markel johnson uh is yeah. his usage rate is 26.2 percent uh which is is pretty high um yeah, when they when when they have a guy that's just going to go at you and not going to be denied, that yeah, that has but he, I will say he's not. I mean, he's not really the out and out scorer, um, you know, of that team. So he's not played like particularly well lately either. I mean, they, they have the Thunder. However, you say he turns the ball over a lot. He turns yeah. the ball over twenty twenty percent. And listen, man, Braxton Beverly is just like, like he's trash, but that guy's just going to be alive against us. There's no doubt in my mind. I would be happy to, if, if the zone stuff is actually, you've got me like my, my wheels turning about David Johnson's length in, in that zone. And I would be happy seeing that a little bit more in stretches, um, just to kind of see how it looks if like. We see it. I wouldn't be shocked if we see it against NC, NC state, who isn't really that great from, uh, three, they shoot 31.9% from three. So yeah. wouldn't be, I wouldn't be shocked if we see some of that then. What else you got? Any other thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> we said this like over, oh, it's definitely not going to take an hour. It's like, I think we maybe take it to, uh, I don't know. Um, yeah. What, what, what did you make? I guess if we're talking about sort of broadly of, um, the ACC, you had a few, you have a few, um, scenarios that you went through like Louisville oh, winning out like the, the, the quad stuff I just what think, would like, you what what would you put like the percentage chance of Louisville winning out of winning out the 35% okay 40%. what would you put the percentage of the only loss of the season being Florida State 65% Remaining. really and that I mean that's that's that sixty five percent number is totally from Batorvik. Um, that's okay. that that that's the percentage that Lobel has to to win a share of the ACC. And then I think Seoul right now is forty two percent. So yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> just looking, I'm looking at Ken Palm right now. Ken Palm still predict, still projects Louisville to lose three more games to end the season sixteen and four in conference play. 
and twenty five and six. The the only it does a little aggregate thing. It does the aggregated probability type thing. So the only the only like really projected losses at Florida State, and at that point, that's a one point game. That's a forty seven percent chance, forty seven percent chance of Louisville winning at Florida State at this point. Yeah, I mean, my whole thing with like that little like tweet spree was basically like if Louisville loses one game the rest of the regular season they're going to go into the ACC tournament needing to win one game and you're going to be able to make a significant argument for them to be a one seed because at that point if that yeah. even if that one loss is to Florida State they're going to have five quadrant one wins and they're going to be if they win one game in the ACC tournament and they get a team like Syracuse that's going to be a six one or even if it's a team like Clemson that could be a six quadrant one win you're you're going to be battling with Gonzaga and San Diego State and San Diego State I believe only has one more opportunity for a quad one win um, and that would give them five if they won that Gonzaga has two opportunities but they're both St. Mary's um, so yeah I just I, I am totally here I've already brought this up once I'm going to continue to bring it up I'm totally here, here for Lowell fans arguing with Gonzaga and San Diego State fans on twitter.com because that to me is my great like because Louisville football and Louisville sports in general 10 years ago has always been the small like guy for, for so long. So mm-hmm. I want that narrative flipped on Louisville fans just just to because I, I mean, you're going to be able to make the argument if even against an undefeated San Diego State team and Louisville, you know, maybe they go maybe they even go eight and two to finish the season, but they go into the ACC tournament, they win it all. They would have a win over uh, Syracuse, a Duke, maybe a, yeah. a, you know, at NC State, that's going to give them you're looking five to six quadrant one wins with no bad losses. There, there's just going to be some fun arguments coming down the pipe, I, I think. I think, yeah, I think definitely the situation for Louisville is not to have a bad loss. I think that's way more important than, I mean, obviously not losing, but, but, you know, I think the spots, you know, you got home against Wake Forest, you got at Georgia Tech. Don't lose at Georgia Tech. At Clemson's another one. I think uh, those aren't bad losses, but those are badish losses. And then home against North Carolina are kind of the games, uh, and home against Virginia Tech are sort of the games that I'm looking at. They're like uh, those are games that they should win. Very good Virginia Tech. No, those are all G two. Those are all map. those are all quadrant two. I guess it's not really. I guess it's like they aren't bad losses. There's not a there's not a quadrant three game left at uh, Wake Forest. I'm sorry. Yeah, Wake, Wake Forest, Forest is quadrant is pretty three. Bad. Um. Yeah, Virginia yeah. Tech's just completely fallen off the map too. That's, that that the, happened the, so the, quick. The that ACC happened. is so weird. Dude. And man, that Michigan that Michigan win is just like God. That was a, that that hurts me every time I see Michigan like struggling. I get mad. At this point, um, I'm kind of gunning for like an NIT Final Four of Michigan and Ohio State, and maybe oh just throw North Carolina in there. That'd be great. Um, Looking at the bracket matrix really quick because I think that I think that that's the thing. So you know. As of right now, those four one seeds are Kansas, Baylor, Gonzaga, San Diego State. That just doesn't feel like it's going to be it. Like I, I think at the, I think, I think Baylor's pretty much locked in at this point. It feels like to me, they, I think they're for real. I know people are going to like still hold their breath. I've been watching enough. I've been watching enough Baylor. I'm I've seen them twice. Um, Watch a little bit of that Kansas game. Yeah, I don't know. I, look, I, 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 I don't see them. I think they're pretty much locked in now. Um, I, I the, the real it's such a weird tournament this year because there's the there's the indie, uh, the indie regional, and then the other regionals are Los Angeles, Houston, and New York. So it's just like so hard. 
they're basically on the ends of the country. Yeah. So like basically everyone is, is competing for indie regionals. You know, you're, you're talking, you know, um, talking about Dayton, Dayton, Michigan state, Florida state, potentially, I guess. I don't know. They're kind of, there's a lot of East coast teams is what you're basically saying. There's, I mean, there's a lot of teams that are, you know, and Louisville has so much to lose for like, if they're just like mixed up with the wrong way with Dayton, Michigan state who are at this point, those are the other, those are two of the, uh, Louisville's projected as a three seed by the bracket matrix, um, kind of, uh, amalgamation of, of projections, uh, with Dayton being the first three seed Louisville being the second and Michigan state being the third. Yeah. So there's just such a log jam there that that's emerging that, um, it's almost like one of those situations where, you know, Louisville would rather be, you know, they'd rather be a four seed and be in, you know, be in Indianapolis. Well, I think, um, I mean, the way that I've seen this team, like, find different ways to win and adjust on the fly in the middle of the games, I care a lot less about seeding um, than I do location. Yeah, um, of course. At, at, at this point, I do think there is something to, like, just, you know, everything always, forever and always in college basketball is going to come down to how you perform in March and how you perform to the NCAA tournament, but I do think there is something like a feather in Chris Mack's cap if you can go get a one seed. I do think that means something to a program. I know it doesn't mean much to Louisville fans if they know, you know, they flame out in the, the second round of the NCAA tournament, but there is something substantial to just saying you had a really good season and, and you earned a one seed. I don't know. I think that means something. No, absolutely. So I, I think we're, we're running out of steam, but I, I remembered a question that I wanted to ask you. So you pointed out, and it's not, I think a lot of people kind of will will remember that last season Louisville did the same thing they've done this season. They lost the very first game of January and they went on to win every single game in January. That Louisville team did not have a great ending to the season, Chris. Louisville this year is doing the same thing. What is the three to five sentence reason why this team won't be that team? That team was maxed out at the end of January. Um, that team had was relying a whole lot on Dwayne Sutton, and they were relying right. a whole lot on Jordan Moore. And one of those was eventually bound to fall. And when one fell, the other burden, the other burden was going to fall to the other one, and he wasn't going to be able to hold that. Um, so I, I think that team clearly just maxed out on his potential. Um, and I think this team's clearly not maxed out on its potential. Um, that's that's the that's the new like challenge for for Mac with his team is yeah. that he's been able to take them from you know C to B, but taking them from B to A maybe much significantly harder. And I I don't know the ins and outs of the talent he had with the Xavier teams, but I'm not sure he's had a team that had so much room to grow throughout a season. Um, so I think that's a new challenge for him in figuring that out. I mean. What's what's the biggest thing you want to see over the next two weeks? What's your biggest complaint with this team? Is it just consistency? Because I mean that that that, that feels a little too vague. What what in particular? Anything? I I mean I, the things that that come to mind are free throws bother me. Free yeah. throws bother me. I feel like that's I feel like it's it bit Louisville in the behind against Kentucky and it'll do so in March. You know, it, it, that could be one of the fall points. Turnovers bothers me, but they've been kind of inconsistent with turnovers. Some I, they can have they can have a half where they turn the ball over 10 times and like they did tonight and turn around and 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 
and hold it to three in the second half. It's those so, live ball turnouts that like to result in runouts exactly, and things like that. Yeah, exactly. Those are the things that bothered me. And a team, you know, a, you know, Boston College was able to capitalize on that pretty well. That's why they were able to stay in the game. Um, I like to see a run of, of Enoch or Malik Williams having a good yeah, offensive showing. I was about to say. I, I, I mean, that, Williams the, has been the great. Disappearing I, I'd big like to see Enoch. Been a little bit of a. I'd like to say Enoch uh, uh, do a lot more. Um, I, I, Malik is Malik, you know, had a rough go of it despite getting 13 rebounds tonight. Um, but I think Steve, I need to see Steve back at it. He was pretty good, I guess, against Clemson. He had like 10 points, right? 13 points against Clemson. Yeah, it's just like you want one of those games, even if it's against an points. inferior <laughs> opponent where he just kind of dominates, where he, he he has like a 2011 in game, and you can say, "All right, you're good." Completely agree. It doesn't Completely need to do agree. it every night. I just I just want that that good feeling again. I um, want I, that. I want that as an option for a way to win a game. Yeah. I'm not I feel worried. like we haven't seen it in a while. I'm not worried. I'm really not worried anymore about guard play. I'm honestly not. And I'm not going to really? be like, I'm, I'm not going to be one of those guys. I'm, I'm just not. I think what they have right now and the way it's I think it's that's growing, the title. I'm not worried about guard play. Yeah. I, no, I think it's, I think it's good enough. I do. And all these people on, uh, on Twitter are going to argue and argue about state, state, start David Johnson, put David Johnson in. That's just going to be, it's a, not about that. that that's going to be the thing God. people tweet to have something to tweet. I don't care. Like, that matters so little. I don't understand why people are so hung up about it. And they're all going to get their minutes. I mean, whoever has got the hot hand is who they're going to roll with. Darius has been pretty good the last three games. He was really good last game. He was solid tonight. So you went with David Johnson and Darius Perry. Darius Perry may have a bad night coming up, so you're going to roll with Kimball and Johnson. Johnson may have a bad night up, so you're going to roll with Kimball and Perry. It's going to be good enough. I, I, I feel good enough about that. Um, I can I completely agree. I think that I think there's enough that you know, and that's what Max been trying to say, and that's why I don't understand the, the message board Facebook group culture. It's like uh, Johnson has to start. If Johnson was from Seymour, Indiana, no one would be saying that. <laughs> Seymour's I'm, always your go-to. It's always my go-to <laughs> because it's close enough, but like far enough. I went to. Uh, if he was tweeted. from New Albany, people would be saying it. That's what I'm saying. If he's from Seymour, no what one would from say. Bowling Green, because Shane Anna was from Bowling Green. Wasn't no one it? would say it. No, okay. was, was Shane like that's the thing? Like, I feel like that was like was Shane Bahanna from Bowling Green because wasn't he also from Cincinnati? Oh no, he was from Cincinnati, but didn't he have some Bowling Green ties? I think he, I think he played some in Bowling Green. That's the name of the podcast. Was Shane Bahannon from Bowling Green? <laughs> I that is not the name of the podcast. <laughs> Considering Shane Bahannon's week, we're, we're not, we're not, we're not doing that. It sucks, man. That yeah, that, that whole thing sucks. I can't even. Uh, but speaking of Shane, when we talk about dominant big man, and we <laughs> we, we, I would like. Uh, that that seriously like that would be my my biggest thing. I want to see Steve dominate a game just just to have Completely. that visual in front of me and that confidence. Um, but yeah, that's that's my biggest like two week you know projection would like to see thing. So. I'm right there with you. Um, any last words before we roll out? That's what a midnight podcast sounds like. That's what a midnight podcast sounds like. A quick midnight, 35-minute midnight podcast. Uh, as, as I've mentioned, I will be going to NC State. We'll be headed to the Raleigh-Durham area. I think I'm going to go to Cameron Indoor on Friday. And you doing a tour? Not like a tour tour. Apparently, you can just as long as they're not like – practicing you can kind of just roll in and, and yeah it was out. that way at uh kansas so that yeah so that's gonna be awesome I, yeah so i'm gonna do that and and uh and and take some pictures and uh and make fun of 
Duke losing and uh, maybe re- like bring a sign that says David Johnson Indoor Stadium. Um, so follow us on Instagram at What High School because I'll post a bunch from there. I'll post from mine as well if you if you follow me as well at Gabe Diverge. Uh, but I'll have a good time and um, we'll talk. We'll talk about. Hopefully, we'll we'll have a, a another win to celebrate when I come back. Yeah. Sounds good, man. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We will talk to you next time. Go Cards.